Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Brisbane Football Review. It is James Scott and Adam here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. Guess what? For the fourth time this season, we've got a raw A-League win to talk about. So if it sounds like we're a little bit up, happy, and a little bit more cheery than usual, it's because we just might actually be. Scott, how are you? Well, absolutely fantastic, isn't it? Fourth win of the season. Let's talk about it. Okay, but first I want to talk about this morning's Champions League action for Manchester United. Okay, we can talk about the fact that it's a 2013 defence that strikes Ferks and hand it down if you want with Smalling, Jones and Young. Young doing what Cruyff turns wow, I down at left back. That was <laughs> that was I really enjoyed that stuff. That was brilliant. I'm glad it's on Optus where I can't see it. Yes. Anyway, Adam, how are you? I'm good. Okay, excellent. Short, sharp, <laughs> yeah. Well, you asked about the Champions League. <laughs> I have no you interest in the Champions up. League other than Allegri's getting sacked in the morning, probably. Yes, that's right. So, I'm nice and sleep-deprived after a 4.58 alarm this morning, but I got no complaints because that was a lot of fun. As it was Friday night at Suncorp Stadium, where the Raw took to a very wet pitch and managed to stun the finals-bound Wellington Phoenix after the news about Mark Rudan's departure took hold. Yeah, they did seem a bit flat, actually, Wellington. I mean, I'll... That's no, they didn't. The Raw were really, really The Raw good. were really good. We'll talk about that a lot more in a minute. But for the, for Wellington, they did seem a little bit flat, particularly at the start. They didn't seem to be the energetic side we've seen from them all season. But that might also be because the Raw were a lot more energetic with the way they played. They pressed really well from the front from minute one. They created a lot of opportunities. They could have got a lot more out of that first half. And to me, they could have put the game away, actually, in the first 45 with the dominance they had. Well, what stood out for me was the fact that the Raw, I think, took them by surprise with the pace that they put on the park yeah. as well. Like, just look at the three changes. You had Powell, Duncan, and D'Agostino in for Tongyik, Negro, and Babal. Now, Tongyik, yep. Babal, they're bigger, stronger players. I think that's fair to say. And, you know, Powell is just 17, so he's full of energy, especially on school holidays. <laughs> and I think that probably took Wellington a little bit by surprise, is just how quick the Raw were. I think yeah, I think it's a, a case. Of, I think it's more of that front four being you know, you know the starting debut of um, Zach Duncan, but also as well the combination of Dylan Wenzel Hall's uh, Nick D'Agostino and Eric Botiak. I think that might really come our surprise, especially um, having three three at the back. It just um, whereas we thought that Wellington was solid with the three at the back, they seem to be always being found out. You know, just with the the sheer speed of Wenzel Hall's, especially. It looks slow, didn't they? Mm. That front three, that was really exciting to watch. It's a real shame that Bojack is suspended now. We won't get to see that this weekend. But it was really good to see them really just go at, go at Wellington on a Friday night. And it did almost seem like it was a side that just went, screw it, we've got three games left, they're all at home, let's have some fun with this. Because yeah. they did seem to be a lot looser with the way that they played. There wasn't as much, I suppose, thinking. I, yeah. I know that sounds like a weird thing to say yeah. for professional footballers, but I think it was just a lot more... Action. I think I think freedom's probably the word where they're not they're not pl- not hemmed in by a strict game plan. They really sort of you know played a lot more with a lot more freedom, and I think it actually sort of paid dividends. Again, I still think the players up the players in the front that allowed that as well because they're all quick players who like to get in behind, particularly the two wide guys with Wenzel Halls and Bojack. They really like to run at run at opposition defenders, and they did that really well, particularly Bojack for that first goal. I mean, that was that unbelievable was insane, goal. Yeah. I mean, that might be better than his goal down in Gosford. I actually think. 
that was possibly the closest thing I've seen to Eric Bortiak living up to the billing when he yeah. was signed mm. with the Roar of being a player that was able to take over yep. the game. Yeah. Entirely possible. It's one of his absolutely one of his better games. It might be one of his last games, unfortunately, but it's certainly one of his better games to see for the Roar. He was influential on Friday night. Yes, well, we saw why the, the Raw were very happy to sign him, but we also probably caught a glimpse of why he was available for an A-League yeah. side to sign, where his temper, his, you know, full-blooded challenges probably got the better of him. Yeah, look, um, there's probably no way to describe other than it was, just, it was a really silly challenge. Um, yeah, and look, it's a, you'd almost be forgiven to think, you know, maybe he wanted the holidays to start packing, maybe, because, um, look, there was no need for it. You're up to one, you know. It just Second a go- yellow card yeah. dismissal in... Well, at the very start yeah. of stoppage yeah. time, and it didn't seem to be, it didn't seem to be anything that sort of sparked off either. You know, I know when uh, he got he got the second yellow card or straight red. I can't remember against Melbourne Victory. He was, he was being he was being bugged, and yeah, he was getting you know cut down. Okay, it just seemed to be you know the 90-something yeah. minute. You know, in you know, I've got a different take on this because I think yeah. he just he he was running at the defender, he turned the ball over. And he instinctively thought, I've got to win the ball back here to stop them breaking on the counter-attack. And I thought he just thought, I've got to try, try and win the ball back here. And he made a pretty awful challenge, unfortunately. He got a second yellow card for it. I don't think he was thinking, I want to go on holidays, etc. I just think it was trying to win the ball back for my team in that moment. I think, yeah, I'm probably more in line with yeah. what Scott was thinking there. But I do like to make the joke of... Um, I do like to make the joke of, you know, he was trying to make the 1155 flight really, to Singapore. It just really seemed unnecessary. Like, I know he was probably trying, but, yeah. you know... Yeah, just where it came from. It's just, it really. Like, I'm not. I'm like to. I'm not trying to pin his character or anything. It just, you know, it's one of those challenges. You think, why? I think it's a classic strikers challenge. Mm. It, yeah, it was. A, it was a strikers challenge from. No, it was a defensive midfielder's challenge made by a striker. Yeah, that's the sort sort of thing that you would see. You know, someone just pick up a cynical yellow card yeah. as the game was stretching yeah. on. He was trying to help wind down the clock. But we should go back and talk about his first half brace, which actually helped the raw. Yeah on their way and I think that was after he had a pretty pretty rough miss as well and yes he did but one of my friends I was sitting with Andy he you know got a text from his dad saying uh, when he had that miss uh, going you know Melbourne victory can have him and (laughs) took that back a few minutes later when he scored what was a phenomenal goal which in the moment I actually thought it was a complete solo run but it actually turned into I think he played played it with D'Agostino yeah, but he basically point. started it from deep in his own half and went alright I'm just going to beat you 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 and you and just for good measure uh, Chip Philip Curto. yeah look and, that, and that's um, yeah the, the one two with D'Agostino was you know that's what sort of really sort of gets set up but um, yeah look it, it, was, it was a great guy and it was a glimpse of you know, of the brilliance that is Eric Botiak you know the and yeah, like I said, you thought, wow, you know, it's it's, it's when he plays well yeah. and controls the game, invariably Raw seem yeah. to have more success. And uh, and yeah, and like I said, that and then to be on the end of the second goal, that the cross um, that came from Wenzel Halls, I believe. Yep. Um, yeah. Look, it, even though it looked a simple tapping, he still had to be there. I think that was a shot from Wenzel Halls, <laughs> to be totally honest. And his rate, like he was shooting on yeah. sight there, and his radar wasn't quite as sharp as we've seen it in the past. He had a couple yeah. of those challenge, uh, a couple of those shots that went just a little bit outside the post where yeah. maybe in previous weeks it would have been on target. But it's a bit like that goal Kofi Danning scored late in the season 2014-15, where it was an, it was a pretty much You're a testing sh- my memory. It was yeah. a shot across the face and Danning was there to tap it in just after he came on. So that was it was a bit like that when Wenzel Hall's probably did have a shot 
Bojack was there to you tap it in. But you might I'm have to at, remind a few people yeah. who do, Kofi Danning is. So Everyone general. knows who Kofi Danning yeah. is. But one time number nine, I believe. Yeah. Probably, I don't remember his number, but he was highly valuable off the bench. Anyway, I want to get the first goal with Bojack. You mentioned it was really good for him. I thought it was a really good movement from the front three because nice interplay with D'Agostino and also a really good run off the ball from Dylan Wenzel Halls to drag a defender away and open up that space for Bojack to go down the right-hand side. So I thought it was... Good combination play from the threes, and even though Wenzel Halls didn't actually touch the ball. Definitely. All right, we've heard from the three of us. Let's hear from the manager, Darren Davies, after the game. Yeah, you, you, you're right. And um, I thought we were excellent first half. Um, and I thought, to be honest with you, we probably should have uh, you know, been a couple more. I mean, they, they, their keepers pulled off a world-class here in the first 10 minutes, whatever it was. So I thought we were very good the first half. Um, um, we spoke about coming out and the same again in the second half. Um, but um, they scored a good goal, uh, good corner. Obviously, he's a good player, played at a good level, and he attacks the ball very well. Um, and yeah, obviously, we're playing with a lot of young players out there, and it was a massive learning curve for them tonight. You know, sometimes uh, you can learn from losing games, but tonight we can learn from winning games as well, and learning to win again. And yes, you know, they they, they had a couple of chances late on, and uh, I understand that and, and acknowledge it. I mean, we did go in the other way as well. So we could have nicked a couple in, uh, in in the in the second half as well on, on in transition, but um, overall emotion is is very proud of the players. You know we've had three teenagers in the starting eleven, um, two 21 year olds up top, you know, and then the three subs are all in the 12, 21 and under as well. So there's a lot of young players out there. Big learning moment for them, and um, you know as I say we we're going to keep on going uh, until the end. And uh, tonight was uh, was an example of that. So that was Darren Davies, obviously very happy after the game. Do we still call him the raw interim manager? Or I'm assuming he's the manager now, considering he's had more games than John Aloisi. That's what I was about to say. He's coached more than John Aloisi has in that side of the season. So I'm calling him the manager. And he was very happy, actually, on Friday night. So it was actually good to see because he's had a tough tough run of it at the raw, obviously. Not not the greatest circumstance for your first coaching gig. And it was good to see him get a win. A couple of wins now towards the end of the season. Maybe another one coming up. As we've talked about in the past few weeks, you know, he's really thrown in the deep end there. But it seems like, you know, now we're finally getting to see the young players people have been clamouring for all season long. But I don't want to hear that argument of if we had have played them earlier, maybe they'd still be in the finals mix. Because I genuinely don't think that, you know, they could have got... I don't think, like, these guys are coming in with uh, no pressure, nothing to, nothing to lose, everything to gain situation. Like... A fr- uh, you know, a Friday night game against in front of what was a pretty small crowd. Let's be six thousand. Although there were some ticketing issues before the game as well, where Ooh. people couldn't scan in. So, okay. not that I'm sure that would have. That might be why it wasn't officially announced, and if they didn't scan all the tickets. Yes, well, I know of at least two people who I was sitting with who couldn't actually scan in. Okay. So, anyway, um, yeah, I don't, I genuinely don't buy mm. that argument of the youngsters would have come in because okay. can you imagine them going to mm. Melbourne Victory? what was it, last month, I think it was, uh, and, you know, putting together a similar performance like that. Well, the converse argument is they hosted victory at home a couple of years ago with a full youth team and almost held them to a nil all stat. But that mate. was also at home. It was, but I, I agree with you, though, in all seriousness, because mm. just think about some of these young guys. They had a really good wild league season. They won that competition. They played a couple of games in the NPL to keep ticking over. And now, when there's, now there's a good time to bring them in, actually. These three last games of the season, it's a great time to bring them in because it's three teams... The first two teams, I think you can assume they'll all be right in the game. The last one, Adelaide, so we'll have to wait and see what happens with them in their chase for a home final. But it's a great time to bring them in, and I thought all of them did really well. I thought that Zach Duncan was fantastic with his energy. I thought Isaac Powell did really well at left back, and Daniel Leck 
continues to actually impress them out somewhat unfamiliar position. So I thought the young kids did really well. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get to you in a second, Adam. Mm-hmm. But first, let's hear what Darren Davies had to say about Zach Duncan. I thought he was excellent. Uh, I thought Zach Duncan was uh, was outstanding. Uh, he brought energy to us. He brought enthusiasm. Uh, it would have been nice for him to get a goal early on as well. He just flashed past the post. But, um, you know, so... I, you know, I have to acknowledge that. You asked me about Zach, so I acknowledge that. But, you know, there's a lot of other teenagers out there, a lot of young players out there who I have to acknowledge. But those young players were also supported by the senior group as well. So that was uh, Darren Davies there on the performance of Zach Duncan, who made his A-League starting debut. And Adam, what do you make of his performance? Oh, look, I thought it was a, a great performance for, for a youngster that, you know, basically came... Cameron, with, with absolutely nothing, nothing, no fear and sort of nothing to really lose. And um, yeah, look, you know, at the end of the day, it was expected he was going to run out of gas at some point. He lasted 65 minutes, I do believe. Yep. But look, it was a admirable performance. And look, he's, he's had a good season overall. Like, you know, in Y League, MPL, he's been a standout. You know, and to see it sort of, you know, it's good to see it actually, you know, translate some sort of form, you know, coming into, you know, the pro level, the A League. In the A League, but look, yeah, you know, we're not going to expect that every week from you know he's going to, he's going to learn, he's going to grow. But you know what, signs are good yeah. that you know, and he's got a taste for it, which is the main thing. Absolutely, in that first fifteen minutes when he made those two or three gut busting runs from midfield forward, that's what he's really been all about in the in the youth team all season long. He got plenty of opportunities with that in the Y League, and he scored a couple of goals in the NPL. That's what he's been all about, making those runs. And you saw it actually gave the Roar a front four, a four on three at times. That's what helped overload Wellington as well. That. You're right, and Darren Davies said that he could have got more out of it because he had a great chance in the first 10 minutes. Mm. Better finish there. His name's really up in headlights. Yeah, well, that's something that he you know, at least can work on going yeah. forward, but I couldn't have been more impressed with the way that he played. And I think it's probably because we haven't seen Brett Holman for a very long time in a raw <laughs> shirt. Like, I can't remember the last time we would have played yeah, a game. Yeah, that's what I was actually trying to yeah. remember while I was in the middle of that sentence. Uh, but, you know, it was that... He was able to fill that, I suppose, number 10 role that they've been working on for a very long time. And having that, you know, fourth yeah. fourth player to join that attacking line and give them another option. I think Stefan Mork would have also been front and centre in that. Oh, if that's he, right. If he, was, well. if he was fit from Dorison, he would have been key in that sort of role as well. But also as well, we're focusing a lot on the on the front four, but as everyone sort of know also about Matt Mackay's effort at centre-back, Good young on. player. Just give him a five-year extension. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about the youth and whatnot. Yeah. The most experienced player. You know, it's Saving a, the best till last. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, it's just... Yeah, it's a, another, you know, great performance for him, I think. Uh, like I said, you know, it, it was what you call a captain's knock. At Brisbane, where I've never lost an A-League match where Matt Mackay has played more than 45 minutes at centre-back. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Well, so we've got to sign him up for on a, a Friday. For <laughs> a five-year deal to play him at centre-back on Friday, so more than 45 minutes, and you're guaranteed wins. I mean, it's logical, right? Absolutely. <laughs> like he, did, he did really well. Actually. It's, I wouldn't even say it's an unfamiliar position for, position for him anymore, given how much he's had to play there this season. But he did really well there. He's actually really good at bringing the ball out in that position as well, as you'd expect as a midfielder. Mm. It really helps the Raw build up their attack. Yeah, and... I've, it's actually made me, I suppose, reconsider my position where, you know, I, I've been saying for the last six months, I think, you know, Matt McKay and Enrique, the two guys who I would love to give the golden handshake to at the end of the season, say, thanks for all your service, enjoy your final few games. But now I'm actually, like, I'm genuinely coming around on the idea of re-signing Matt McKay. Uh, oh, only I st- for a year. I, I stand by my claim. If Matt McKay was to go around next season, yeah, he's more than welcome to. But if he wants to retire, then... 
Yeah, no, we'll, we'll applaud him. That's how I look at it. I stand by my statement. Five-year contract for him, centre-back. <laughs> no, you're right. He would be a really Does that good... mean we've got to swap his number to number three? No, I think his number 17 is fine. But is it 15 or 17? I can't... It's 15. It's, it used it... to be 17, now it's 15. Yeah. Other way around. Yeah. Same thing. Anyway, I would, I would, if he does want to play on, I would happily have him in the score because we've seen he's also now versatile in addition to experience. So. Yeah, and all of a sudden, if he's, you know, you fourth, fifth choice centre back, okay, maybe sixth, <laughs> and you know, you first midfielder off the bench as well, where you've hopefully got a younger, more mobile midfield. Yeah. And look, that's not to say Mackay's not still able to, you know, run at top speed for yeah. 90 minutes, but he doesn't quite have that zip he would have 10 years ago. And I, I think as well, the height um, becomes an issue as well. Be very right? careful what you say about short people. <laughs> well, well no, it hasn't been an issue so far. He's up against Matt Simon and Chilean Sheridan. I mean, there's yeah, some my, tall timber he's been up against, so... Yeah, oh, look, yeah, he's, he's done he, he's done right, but yeah, no, it's... Uh, I think you might find that, you know, it might come back to haunt, you know, as far as, you know, trying... I, I don't think he defends in the... Um, you know, on set pieces in the like, like in the middle of the, yeah. the penalty box either. So I think it might he might be okay there, but but we need some we need some height from somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. So, so get Tim Cale to teach him how to jump. It'll be fine. Short people can jump high. Just ask Tim Cale and Sam Kerr. I wish I knew what that was like, but anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll get onto my shortcomings in another episode when we ha- need a bit more filler. We've I suppose we've just got to enjoy that win, and yeah. still two more home games to go. We'll talk about the Newcastle game coming up right at the very end of this episode. Um, yeah, Wellington got back into the game. Did you, at any point, start to worry that, oh, this is going to be a massive turnaround? Not really, actually. No. It's funny, because we saw the, remember the Perth Glory game where they all had that great first half, and then they scored, conceded a goal about that time, and things unfortunately fell apart. I never really got that sense with the Raw. I, I, was, I thought it seemed pretty composed. They had good chance on the counter-attack. Locker Lingo had a couple of chances. He could have iced the game completely as well. So they had plenty of chances to go on and get the third goal, which would have finished it. Yeah, I'm not sure that Wellington really looked like they were actually going to get an equaliser as much as they were pushing at the end. Although yeah, no, they had no. the great chance with Krishna where he should score, but outside of that, I don't think they had too many great chances. Yeah, no, like I said, you're right. Other than, yeah, the, a couple of chances that they had late, which, you know, is a normal course of things. Yeah, you, you, you felt that more that the Raw were going to actually get that Get the uh, open up a two goal break again. You know they they look more like a score right up until right at the end where you know a bit of luck, but you know, look, you take you take your luck when it's in. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I think we've gotten everything we can out of that uh, A League match. Why don't we move on to our NPL recap? Okay. Okay. Thanks, Scott. All right. Um, well, you asked me. I don't know why you asked me. I don't know. Uh, it's actually going to be quite a short NPL recap because we've only got three games to talk about from the NPL men's competition, which. Uh, saw Penn Power 2-0 over Redlands United, Lions 6 over over Magpies Crusaders, and the game you two were at on Saturday night, Brisbane Strikers 1, Brisbane Royal Youth uh, nil. and you actually spoke to Jake Goodship, the Royal Youth coach, after the game, and this is what he had to say. Very disappointing result. I thought the game was, uh, overall, was quite dull. Um, it wasn't the best game, I don't think, from um, a neutral perspective. Um, but we had opportunities to, to score and and take something away from the game and I thought a draw would probably be a fair result. Um, both teams tried to play and yeah, there's opportunities for both teams to score one or two, I feel. But, yeah. uh, Kai Truon's first return back to your side since his injury, how do you think he played tonight? Yeah, I felt uh, Kai Truon was a positive from tonight and uh, as you know there's an opportunity with our house squad being so thin on injuries and defensive uh, injuries, so I don't think he's done himself any harm. So we brought him off just to manage his load, um, but I thought he was uh, a positive from tonight. 
Now, a number of your players have been caught up to the A-League side. Have you noticed that in training there's been an extra intensity as players have sensed there might be an opportunity for them um, as well? To be honest, we have uh, lower numbers in training because they're training in-house. <laughs> yeah. So our training group's between six six players to eight players. So um, it's fantastic because they've got an opportunity to train with Howell and, and they see the next level up. Um, it's up to them in games like this when they do drop down and get together for the first time each week to, to showcase that um, opportunity. Um, so, yeah. How hard is that for you then to prepare a team for if you haven't, if you haven't got most of your players available yeah. for the majority of the week? Look, it's... Um, it is very difficult, um, but we're, we're not here for a result. Our result is you know, getting Kai Truen in the A-League next week, hopefully, or the week after, um, or Macklin, or whoever it might be. That's our result. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, short term, yeah, the results are disappointing, but we're focused on pushing players up. And this is the first time we've had a chance to talk to you in New York. How are you finding it now as the head coach of the Royal Youth Team? Yeah, look, so I've, been, I've been involved uh, for the last several months, um, working closely with Drew. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been good, it's been positive. Um, the players have adapted well, um, obviously with the, the changes around the club. So yeah, they, they've been good. They've been fantastic to work with. So yeah. And that was Jake Goodship there after the Raw youth side went down to strikers 1-0. And actually, after the game, Darren, after the Ailey game, Darren Davies did have a comment that got a few people riled up, I think. Oh, uh, that, you thought that he the, threw the bait out nicely, didn't he? If it, yeah, if it was a Twitter post, you could say, <laughs> you know, you need a sarcasm font. I think you need a sarcasm, like siren or something, in the background of that joke about needing to cancel the NPL game, so that the, uh, some of the young players can come and play for the. Yeah, A-League look, side. I'm, look, I don't, I'm, I'm sort of torn on that because yeah, it was in sarcasm, but geez, they are sensitive over Brisbane Strikers. They, the, uh, so they, they're sort of fans over there because they really, really took offence to that. So, look, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if Darren Davies is even aware of the history and whatnot, which maybe. So, but yeah, no, they were not happy the next morning after hearing that. Especially considering, if you think about it, the game that they would have had to have cancelled would be the one next weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't take much for the Strikers fans um, to get right off about something the Raw do. Mm. doesn't take too much. They not necessarily represent those of the Brisbane <laughs> football of you, except they do. <laughs> I just said they, they, their fans got right off. I said nothing about the club. Yeah, I know. You, you, I'm just going to make sure I don't get thrown out next time I go there, that's all. Well, trust me, you've been t- towing that line for the last few years. Yeah. Well, they, they, they won with you there, so that's... I know, that's, that's a that's rare that's thing, actually. They've lost the last seven of the last eight that I've been there for. So Okay, so good to know you're not that jinx there. Um, yeah, 1-0 game. Uh, you, we were just talking while I was putting the clip yeah. in. Not the not a game that reached any great heights, but probably something you would expect from a struggling club against a team of kids. Yeah, look, at the end of the day, um, Strikers took the opportunity. Great goal by um, youngster Cade McDermott. He's, he's going to be... He looks to be a decent player um, coming through. Like he, as I said in the post-game show, he made... It was his uh, MPL debut on Saturday night after making his debut um, against South in the FFA Cup, and that's two goals in two games for him. And, um, yeah, but look, Strikers, they're... It's a funny one. They're, they're, I don't know if they're back as far as their form goes. They, you know, it was it was a it was a positive three yeah. points. But I don't think Raw will be too disappointed either. I think with the side they had out there, um, I thought they they fought well. Probably if they'd taken a couple of chances, you know, uh, just, the Raw at the moment. If you take the sheer result view of it, um, I think that they just can't seem to find that final third, find anything there. Like they're of defending well, they're creating just that. End product is just there at the moment for the young rule. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I thought they had a couple of chances earlier and they could have done something something with it. But I, it was interesting, and, and um, Jake, which we talked about then, the difficulties that he's had putting a team together with mm. so many of his players playing 
in the A-League. So it's been really good, really good for his side to see them coming up. But also it's good to see um, Kai Truen made, just made his return this last week for the Roy. He's played one game in the under-20s, which is their backup the reserves to the youth team. And he played 65 minutes against the strikers on Saturday. And I thought he did really well. He um, had a couple of really good interceptions there, about three inter- three key interceptions in about a two-minute period there, just before he got substituted because he was running out of gas. But it was really good to see him come back because he was there with Isaac Powell, Aaron Reid on the same level as them before he got injured halfway through the Wiley campaign. So to see him getting back, it's really good for him to see him get back. He might be a smoky to see his name listed in the uh, squads tomorrow or today or wherever you're listening on the show. <laughs> this, but yeah. So basically what you're saying is if Kai Truen makes the 18-man squad named around lunchtime on Thursday, yep. you're claiming credit for it. Oh, I think it's a joint one because Scott and I both talk, spoke about it on, on Saturday night. But he's one of those guys, well, like, yeah. we've seen him on the you know, youth yeah. league and the well, he's, 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 he's quite a lot. So he's youth international, so yeah. he, he probably, of, of, of the uh, bunch of young young raw players in defence that come up. He's probably the next next one sort of coming up. Either him or Emlyn Wellsmore, yeah. who did not get selected yep. for the uh, New Zealand under-20s World Cup squad. So I don't know where he's at, but if, if there's a next in line, it'll either be Truon or Wellsmore. I think um, the others, I think, still probably a year or two away from from you know, t- there. Yeah, might talk more about that in the um, preview. Mm. Certainly. There's a couple of other names who are... Possibly close, ah, yes. given availability. And let's be honest, by the time we get to the preview, we're usually thinking, how are we going to stretch this out in five <laughs> yeah. minutes? Uh, <laughs> at least this season, yeah. anyway. Uh, NPLW uh, results, Raw, NTC 4, Mitchelton 2. Lions 8, Southwest Queensland 1. So I'm guessing Lions will be very, very upset at conceding a goal. Well, they had three goals in the first ten minutes, so it looked like it could have been... Double figures. So. Yeah, but it wasn't a clean sheet. No. Well, they'll have to work on the defending, won't they? That's right. Mm. And then there was the FQ live stream game of the round, which I managed to catch glimpses of. Uh, Morton Bay 3, Gap 2. Palabar yeah. 3, Western Pride 1. South 2, East 1. And Logan 4, Sunshine Coast Wanderers 1. Um, it was off of last night too. South 6, Raw NTC 0 in a catch-up game. There we go. Um, and I will say, like, some of the goals from Morton Bay, they were... Pretty spectacular. Yeah. I think we we've said every week, you know, that they they are a very very good side. They're probably at the top top of the um, NPL women's tree at the moment. And look, I think two weeks time um, against Capalabar is really going to set aside. And I think we're going to try and get up to that game in two yeah. weeks time at uh, John Frederick Park. So if anyone from those clubs are listening, make sure you keep an eye out for our. We don't actually have any branded merchandise, so <laughs> just keep an eye out for a few people who look incredibly out of place there. <laughs> yep. it, it is, actually, Morton Bay have been fantastic start season. They picked up Amy Jackson during the week as well, the Melbourne City utility midfield defender type. So that's now four players with W experience last season in their squad. They're going from strength to strength. They really are a strong, strong force in this competition. And to beat a team like the Gap, at the Gap is no no yeah. mean feat. There's a lot of team, good teams who go there and come away with nothing. So to pick up three points there, that's a massive result. Certainly. All right. We're going to take a quick break. That'll be it for segment one. Uh, I need to actually bring in the washing before it gets too dark and whatnot. So uh, we'll be back right after this. This is Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. All right, we're back on the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here with you tonight for the Daily Football Show Fan Network and probably should do a couple of quick plugs. Um, Email in any questions, comments, suggestions, discussion topics, filler for us for the next couple of weeks. Uh, You can email it to brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. 
Uh, Facebook, where the Raw Review, still trying to change that to Brisbane Football Review. It's a very long story with a lot of emails back and forth. We should make a commitment to have that changed by the start of the next season. I think that's out of our hands, to be totally <laughs> <Yeah>. honest. <laughs> do, you have direct, do you have a direct line to Mark Zuckerberg? Uh, we'll work it out. He's got a direct line to us, but that's another yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Twitter, at BNE Football, and you're listening to the podcast on one of... Several platforms, iTunes, Wooshka, Spotify, Radio Public, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Got them yeah. all. Excellent. I'm getting Roger, better just, at this. Just say all good and all other podcasting platforms. Most yeah, but are. that seems too... It's just easier. Instead of sitting there racking your brain to remember the five of them. I've got to do something to keep me sharp. Mm. Anyway, let's get on with uh, the second half of the show, and we're going to start off with the FFA Cup uh, Queensland qualifiers, so... 11 NPL clubs uh, have won through round four as we're uh, recording. Brisbane City, Brisbane Strikers, East, Gold Coast Knights, Lions, Moreton Bay, Olympic, Pen Power, Redlands, Southwest Queensland and Western Pride. Lions uh, had a pretty big win, but Olympic, ridiculous. Yeah, that was... 16-0. Bit of a rough trip down for Gympie, yeah. unfortunately. But it, look, it's good for him to get through that that far, but not a great... Yeah. yeah. Long way to drive for a 16-0. Yes, uh, FQPL, Holland Park Hawks, Logan Lightning, Mitchelton, Rochdale Rovers, and Sunshine Coast Wanderers, BPL, Grange Thistle, who I, quite, I remember that ground quite fondly, Yes. Uh, Brisbane Athletic from Cap 2, Logan Metro from Cap 3, and four Gold Coast Premier League teams, Burley Heads, Coomera, Palm Beach, and Surface Paradise Apollo, and to be confirmed, Nambour, Yandina United against Clairvaux FC, a Sunshine Coast Premier League team against a Cap 2 team. I thought you were gesturing for something there, Scott. No, Never mind. No. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, it's uh, sort of a, it's looking like the sort of cream's rising on the top earlier than normal. But Holland Park Hawks were very lucky to escape um, against um, Rabina City, and also as well, um, Western Pride also needed uh, extra time to knock off Noosa Lions. So they're two. They got there in the end. They got there in the end. Um, and that's the, that's all that matters in cup football is winning. It's good to see a couple of really lower-ranked teams as well. I mean, Brisbane Athletic, to pick, aside from Pink and Bars, through from Capital League 2. Morton, um, Logan Metro from Capital League 3. Mm. And then four teams from the Gold Coast. It's good to see those teams coming through. And as you look at the draw, there's a good chance yep. a couple of them will go through another round at least. Ooh, yeah. So, Yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of said draw, that took place last night at the FQ headquarters with Simon and Rafe uh, doing the duties. They were doing the draw analysis. Yeah. With, um, Andy's from Football Queensland. You'd... Yep, Your and uh, and John so McCain was drawing the balls out, yes. so good yeah. to see him. May or may not have arrived on a, on a lime scooter. <laughs> no, apparently, <laughs> to be confirmed. Apparently he opts for more traditional transport methods. I did check that when okay. I called their game a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I don't know I don't know if they have lime scooters out all the way out there at <laughs> FQHQ, so... Yes, and I, but I think uh, Simon was just very happy that he uh, got a desk from what I could see, <laughs> or a chair to sit down in. Anyway, said round five draw, uh, home... Sides listed first. Pen Power taking on Brisbane City. Surface Paradise hosting uh, Grange. Holland Park host, hosting Brisbane Athletic. Rochdale hosting Olympic. That actually looks very, very good. Coomera mm-hmm. against Redlands. Logan Metro against Morton Bay. Burley Heads against Pride. Uh, Easts against Mitchie. That one I actually really hope gets a live stream treatment because that could be a yeah. very, very good game. Palm Beach against either Nambour, Yandina, or Clairvaux, depending on the result of that tie, which is... I just looked it up. I don't know when it is. Okay. Coming up soon. <laughs> um, Southwest Queensland Thunder hosting Logan Lightning. 
Lions against strikers, which, you know, you can see that in the NPL, but I still want to see it in the Cup. And Sunshine Coast Wanderers against Gold Coast Knights, where I think that's going to also be a pretty interesting game as well. It is The first one you read out, actually, it's one of the most interesting. Peninsula Power and Brisbane City, the two sides who made it all the way to Round 7 last year before losing in the final round. So those two clubs will be... One of those will fall at least a couple of rounds earlier, but that's a... That's another game you can see in the NPL, but it's a really good one because Brisbane City might be just starting to find a bit of form and Peninsula Power have been the standout side so far. So that's an interesting one. I think whenever two sides like Lions and Strikers get together, it's um, going to create headlines. And of course, you know, you've got the uh, magic of the Cup with Logan Metro yeah. hosting Moreton Bay United. So I think I think there may be a few people yeah. tuning into that one. Yes. Well, um, <laughs> Logan, Logan Metro might want to take, take a bit of the script from what Springfield United tried to do and uh, get, get up kick, early. Kick them? Well, oh, well they no, actually sorry, led, they led, actually left two minutes. I'd say Logan Metro are probably a more like same division, but I think they might be a little bit more formidable. But look, we we still think at Morton Bay they might be a dark horse as far as this this whole qualifying um, phase goes. You know, I think that they're a side that actually built for cup football more than league football um, to a certain extent. And I think, um, look, I think they, they should get past Logan Metro, and they might sort of, you know, yeah. it, it might be sort of. You know, some tense times there. But look, I think they, they can go potentially all the way, Morton Bay, assuming they get a favourable draw. Win the whole cup, you reckon? No. You know? <laughs> I do, I, in all seriousness, I do think there's three two types of really interesting. Surface Paradise and Grain Sistle. Surface Paradise have been in the cup before. Grain Sistle, as you alluded to, James, when it made it to round seven when we were all there. The, the other one, Holland Park and Brisbane Athletic, I think that's got upset written over it, that one. Because Holland Park's the, um, currently at the bottom of the FQPL. Brisbane Athletic, Capital League too, but there's an upset potential there. And the other one that is Coomer and Redlands. Mm. Coomer have done a fantastic job in this FFA Cup with a bunch of home games. Now they bring an NPL side down there, who I know have turned the corner to a certain extent, but that's another potential upset. So there's three ties there that I think could be highly entertaining. Certainly. Uh, yeah, either way, uh, the dates and times for those draw, uh, matches will be announced in the near future, I'm assuming, but the game should be getting played in the next three, four weeks. I would imagine the next two weeks yeah. they'll be beating these games. You'll have Trying to build something into yeah. the weather, all right? Yeah. Anyway. Um, weather, you can play through the rain. Come on, harden up. You'd think so. <laughs> but got to preserve the grounds <laughs> as well. Anyway, um, last week we promised a rundown of all the raw W League players in the NWSL. You've got Claire Polkinghorn with Houston Dash, Yuki Nagasato with Chicago Red Stars, Chi Obogugu and Carson Pickett at Orlando Pride, and Haley Rasso and Celeste Barrier at Portland Thorns. I believe that's a relatively comprehensive list. So if you yeah. see, happen to see those games broadcast anywhere, keep an eye out for some familiar faces. Well, Yuki Nagasato had a great assist for Sam Kerr in the first game of the season, which I, I stumbled across the other day on the NWSL social media accounts. A great ball through. So maybe we can get that combination at the Raw. What do you think? What do you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That'd be great, <laughs> wouldn't it? That sort of combination. I, can, I can't, imagine, can't imagine Sam Kerr has another team to play for. No, I can't see why not. Um... Yeah, so that's what to do as well. Uh, the FFA board endorsed the New League's working group recommendations, which was basically fix the game. Yeah, so they should. Yeah. It moves one step closer to the independence happening, though, which is a good thing. Yeah, I think that was a big takeaway from all that, where it seems like it's a case of when, not if, the independent A-League. And, you know, as I'm assuming it's going to be kind of like buying anything major, really. I, it's all going to come down to price. Yeah. 
I think, I think just the main thing with that is that it's not... I know there's a clamouring for it, but they, they've got to make sure if they can do it once, they've got to do it right. Because, again, you don't want to, you don't want to rush things or feel pressure to rush in and then for it to all fall apart in one or two seasons. That, you know, I know that, they're, like I said, there's a clamouring that, you know, and there's a need for it, but they've just got to get it right the first time and to make sure that you know, this is a legacy that goes you know, for you know, 10, 20 years, not, not just one or two. Yeah, definitely. It's something that you're going to look back on and say, all right... That 18-19 season was a bit of a rough one all up for the A-League, but it was the growing pains yep. that they needed rather than, you know, the beginning of the end or anything like that. Yeah, I'm loath to make this comparison because I don't like comparing the A-League to England, but it's very similar to when the um, Japan, um, Premier Division 1 separated and became the Premier League. It's, it can be very similar in terms of the impact that had in the way the Premier League is now run. It can be similar to a certain extent. Obviously not the same financial dollars, but same sort of outcome. But it does, like, well, I'm just going to keep rolling with this here because also the next point we had was NPL clubs potentially lining up to join AAFC as a championship. And, you know, that also seems like it's something that's very much on the agenda going forward as well, which is establishing that yeah. second division and giving more clubs an opportunity to, I suppose, prove themselves. Yeah, look, it's uh, I'm a bit uncomfortable with the source of that story. Uh, you know, unfortunately, but it seems yeah, like but, a lot of that. But is... I was going to say, in theory, in theory, yeah, look, and that's what we want. You know, it's you want you want these established NPL team NPL teams that throughout Australia now, you know, coming together to perform the, I guess, that second division. I think that's where I think the franchise stuff. You know, I think probably needs to end. I think it, I don't think there's too much scope left where you're going to create. You know, clubs from you know from scratch and become a franchise. I think it's going to be established clubs from here on in. You know, it's going to be the expansion side of things. You know, I can still see a few instances where you might need a quote unquote new club. Where if you're broaching, say, a market like say Hobart yeah. or Canberra or even Slows the Gold Coast, actually, yeah. that's one that I can see mm. where if you've got a couple of bids there, you might force them to amalgamate. Yeah, yeah well, that's yeah. A, there, there is a difference between sort of I guess amalgamation. And you know, know just create and creation, yeah. Because like I said, yeah. you look, you look at like Western, you know, Western United. That is a creation. Whereas you know, the Southwest Sydney, that's that's an amalgamation. So of of a number of you know of clubs down there. Um, but yeah. I think you're going forward, especially in the in the in the championship as it's being dubbed, you're going to see a lot of you know of recognisable names you know that we're, that we're seeing right now playing the MPL. Hopefully that there is some there is some truth in the matter. There is you know 30 clubs. Yeah. Um, that are interested. One one quick key quote out of that is, you know, what AFC, um, you know, Chairman Ravi Krayam said was that, you know, it's one thing to say, it's nothing to sign on the line and you know, and sign for it. So we'll see, but it's it's at least promising. I do have a, I have to take issue with the name of the championship. I'm a much bigger fan of Vince Rigari's suggestion of the National Second League. Okay. <laughs> Wait, going way back, because way back to Adam got that. Thanks. <laughs> I, I got it. I was completely ignoring it because I want to make the point. You mentioned up Canberra. It's a, that's the exact market where you do need to bring in a, a new franchise and probably a, an established one to certain extent with Canberra United. But with the thing, I don't really care whether it becomes the official second division or not. I would just really like to see this happen to see what would be essentially an extended version of the National NPL Final Series where mm. the best teams from each state compete against each other. I would be. Highly interested in how that pans out because we've always we have these arguments all the time. Is Lions Olympic? Are they better than Heidelberg, Sydney United, etc.? Well, let's find out. Let's get the best teams mm. from each state playing against each other regularly and have relegation and promotion from the MPL up into that. And if it does become a second division, yeah. great. If not, 
then it can be highly sustainable and standing in its own right. I really hope this happens. And if the if the ASC is serious about this, I would really like to see them say, right, for the summer of 2020-21, we are having this championship. And plan for that now. That gives you about 16 months to get it right. Let's make get it happen. Get broadcast to your lineup. Yeah, let's get your let's grounds, make it happen because your... this could be highly entertaining stuff. We've seen a lot of interest from the football community in some of these more sizable NPL clubs, shall we say. Yep. And if they have their own competition where they're competing against teams from interstate, that could be, with the right backing and the right business model, I think it could be highly successful. And even if it never becomes promotion to the A-League, I would be, I would be really looking forward to seeing it. I I actually think that whatever the national division yep. being set up, I think it's actually better to try and align itself yep. with the A-League, even yep. if it's not an instant promotion relegation yep. set up where... You know, you might see a club like, for example, let's just run through some of the old bidders. You know, you had Gold Coast, you had yep. Brisbane Strikers, say. Yep. Just just yeah, for yep. that's hypothetical sake. You've got those two teams in the new championship model. Mm-hmm. I'd rather see them, you know, aiming to get into the A-League rather than mm-hmm. just top the best of the rest pile, which is yeah. what I kind of think that would be. I think it's do you cherry pick, if you're the, fran- the champion, do you cherry pick franchises in locations and and size that you want to put in the competition, or do you just say, right, the two best teams from the NPL in each state, they move in to become the first teams into the championship, and then we promote and relegate from there, because South Melbourne is a good example, because right now they're struggling to stay in the NPL Victoria. But if you start cherry-picking franchises out of Victoria, they would be one of the first ones you would look at. Mm. So it's, it's a really interesting debate for them. Do they go with the biggest, the biggest franchise with the highest fan base, or do they go with the teams currently performing the best? I would like to see the teams who go performing the best enter in this competition. That's just my view. Just, just on that, like, so just uh, from the article, um, Archie Fraser, who's basically the, I guess, the operations, operational sort of of the AAFC in the second division. Here's a quote that said here that uh, I quote: "You could run it the championship for the next four years without promotion, and then have a playoff against the bottom place A League team." The one takeaway from that is that I guess that they're willing to say, "Well, you know what? We're not going to we're not going to demand. Oh, we can, we want entry into A League, you know." On year one, so I think they're they're sort of looking from a medium term view to say, you know what, let's get the championship right, let's get our bottom strikers right now, moving with, within the MPL, I guess MPL into the championship as that's speculation, but that's why I'm still thinking that then, and then we'll worry about then trying to then link it up with the A League. So potentially pro rel relegation from the A League could be still even by AFC's um, time on could be three or four years away. Yeah, and I actually think that's the best way to do it is say, all right, let's get this yeah. competition set up now yep. and build build it up to a point where the jump between Division 2 and the A-League isn't yeah. as big as what it would be now. Like, like what we're seeing with, you know, just look at the players and how long it takes the jump from NPL to the A-League. Look at how long that takes. Can you imagine if you had a team full of yeah. that? Mm. And my other point as well, I don't think it should be the bottom place uh, A-League side getting the playoff against the top place championship side. I would much rather see you finish last in the A-League, you're gone. Yep. Yep. You yeah, win the yeah. championship, you're up, and then have the second uh, yeah. teams playing off. Very I, similar to the um, Bundesliga, how they do it. Yeah, and, and I think the Germans even, know all about even, it. And even, even locally, even the MPL Victoria do do the same, where it's the bottom the bottom two, the bottom of um, the top the top league and M- MPL 1, MPL 2. Yeah. And Victoria, like yep. They, they switch, so it's bottom and top, and then you have playoff between the second bottom and... And second, and then go and from there. And that, that produced a really exciting game last year. And just, you know, spitballing ideas here since we seem to be on a roll with this. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine, like, you had 
you know, all in the one weekend. You had Saturday night, mm-hmm. uh, the promotion relegation playoff, Sunday afternoon A-League grand final, or Friday night, Saturday night. Back to back, you turn that into a massive feature weekend. Would you have one leg of um, promotion relegation thing, or would you have both teams get a game at their home ground? I because the the German model is you have both teams play at home, and it's two leg like the Champions League, where it's away goals rule comes into play. The NPL Victoria model, Adams for referencing, it was a one off game and on a neutral and venue, and one off game. Who wins? It was actually part of a triple header um, on you know, on grand final day. So they had the in Victoria, they had the the promotion relegation game, then the Victoria, the MPL women's grand final, and then the MPL grand final. I don't know. Yeah. Three... They booked out Amy Park for that. They did. They did, yeah. Park. But either way, like, I would actually say one-off leg at okay. the championship's home stadium. Okay. I just... I... No, okay. I, that's that's just my, That's... Look, I, this is just what sounds yeah. good to me sitting here right now. I'm sure I will probably change my mind on, you know, who should have the home ground advantage for that at least five times in the next week. Well, from a Brisbane Royal perspective right now, if this was in effect this year, they would right now be essentially playing off for that because they're they're going to finish ninth bar a miracle catch in the Wanderers. I don't think... I think it's mathematically possible, but it's highly unlikely. So they would right now be lining up to play that promotion relegation clash. And based on your methodology, they would be playing the second place team from the championship, which let's just say the NPL Grand Final Series last year. Lions. Exactly. So they'd be playing all the way at Lions. <laughs> that would Hello. be awesome. And, it and, would be, and, it? Campbelltown, and Campbelltown... Would be replacing would be, Central Coast yeah. Mariners. <laughs> and, but keep in, mind also, yeah. time, keep in mind also, by the time that does come into play as well, you would hope that there would be a 14 to 16 team A-League yeah. model in place as well. But the Mariners still probably would be in 15th or 16th. Well, historically, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that was interesting. As you were saying, I just had that pop into my mind. That would be... Geez, could you imagine yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. That, well, I, I, It'd be fun. I will be honest, just purely from a fan's perspective, it would make these last couple of games just that little bit more interesting because obviously, you know, yeah. the Raw did pick up that win against Wellington. Yeah. And can you imagine how it would be going next week, you know, yeah. against Newcastle and then Anzac Day yeah. against Adelaide where yeah. if they've got a chance to potentially overtake the Wanderers... Well, form would matter as well. Even if you can't pass them, form would matter because you'd be going straight out of that at that game with Adelaide into this do-or-die game against whoever it ends up being to stay in the A-League. It would, you would have to be in form. You couldn't just be just coasting through the end of the season. That would be completely gone. And we were worried what we were going to talk about this week. I know, yeah, we were, That was we? pretty easy. Anyway. Um, so much for a quiet news week. Yeah. We were going to talk about the coaching merry-go-round and player contracts, but I think we can uh, yeah. push that for another week. Cause yeah. no, be... no one else seems to want to talk about it at the moment, so why, why should we? Well, it seems like even the clubs are in a, yeah. in a bit of a holding pattern as yeah. well because there was the SBS story today about Warren Joyce possibly being offered a new contract. That's been refuted. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he's Schrodinger's coach. He either is or isn't being extended. Who knows? We should yeah. talk about Perth Glory, though. Yes, yeah. that's what I did want to talk about. Perth have won the A-League uh, Premiership, their first piece of silverware in this competition. Can't forget the NSL yeah. days. Hmm. But, yeah, I I actually had them finishing third, and I underestimated the Popovich yeah. effect. He is a phenomenal coach, and I cannot wait for him to take over at the Socceroos post. <laughs> yeah, look, um, look, congratulations to Perth Glory. You know, it might be hard to say that, you know, given the rivalry that had developed over the year, but... Have you seen the yes. alternatives? Perth's a great choice. <laughs> oh, yeah, look. And, and also, first thing is... the, the man who scored the uh, Premiership clinching goal was, of course, Brisbane's yeah. former star right back, Ivan Franch. That's two games in a row now for when Perth had Silverware on the line, he's scored in. 
Ah, <laughs> both for Perth both as well. For Perth. Yes. Actually, that's not true. What about the FA Cup? FFA Cup. Don't ruin it. Right. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, but look, um, you know, look, congratulations to them. You know, Tony, you know, appoint Tony Popovich as coach. You know, as a shrewd choice. But also as well, you know, um, in a way, you know, he hasn't been our favourite guy. But even you know, Tony Sage, the fact that he's sort of stuck at it, you know, and and he's finally sort of got that. You know, got that sort of you know, the, tr- the trophy and all that. And look, at the moment, you'd be hard pressed to see them. You know, you know, now that the, basically the road to the grand final runs through through Perth and, and potentially up to the stadium. Well, you know, Tony Popovich has a great record in grand finals, as do Perth. I was saying Perth Glory's um, NSL grand final history is not great either. No. They've lost a couple of them, so maybe it might very well go through Perth, but it may not be Perth listing it. But this is actually really good because now all. Australian clubs in the history, currently in the A League, have all either won a Premiership, a Championship, or an FFA Cup. No, or a Champions, oh, League, or a Champions, AC Champions League. So all the Australian clubs now currently existing have won a trophy in the A League era, which is, I think, really cool. Well, the Wanderers had, did win the Premiership in their yeah. first season, so. and they've won the Asian Champions League. Yeah, so. and don't we? Mel- but Melbourne City, the outlier. They won the FFA Cup. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you hadn't thrown that in, because I heard yeah. that, I saw that stat that Melbourne City, the only. A club not to one either championship or the premiership, yeah. but yeah, if you're on FFA Cup, A League season silverware. Yeah. I mm. think it's the way around that. Um, yeah, unfortunately for Wellington. Also, the top six uh, finals teams are locked in as well. There's still some jockeying for position, but it did make me think when I was doing my preview for work during the week. I'm actually very much in favour of what shrinking the A League final series to four teams, but going back to the way that it used to be with the old top yep. four, where you get 40% of the teams into the finals. You have first facing fourth in a home and away leg, second fa- facing third yeah. in a home and away leg. There's you, uh, you know, So you're still getting the same number of finals games. Yeah. You're getting two in the first week, two in the second week, and then the yeah. grand final. So you're not yeah. losing any match days and revenue for the FFA yeah. or eventually independent I'm with you on that. The reason why they went away from it was is the um, first, first, second, the team who lost that hosting preliminary final, they lost all the momentum, and that preliminary final... The crowds were never there for it. I mean, you think about some of the crowds that Central Coast Mariners had, because they played in it two years in a row, I believe. One they one they beat Gold Coast, and the next year they lost to Perth. The crowds weren't terribly good. I think that's why they went away from it. I'm with you. I would certainly go back to that. Yeah. I think having six teams in a ten-team competition in the finals, it just it is too many. Yeah. It, that's, it is rewarding yeah. mediocrity. It is, and you, you know, I like I'm as everyone knows a massive NFL fan, and I feel like. You know, 12 out of 32 teams is the right yeah. number. Yeah. You know, you can complain about the seeding process that yep. they have and everything, but I think that is, like, the, just the right amount. And quite honestly, I would much rather see one good team miss out on the finals than a bad team get in. Could, and you, could you imagine how interesting it would be right now if you had Wellington, Melbourne City, and who is it, Adelaide all fighting for one spot in yep. the finals? That would be... Yeah. These games would be... Do you think they're meaningful now with the whole fighting for fourth for a home final? The idea of fighting for a spot in the finals between those three teams would be monumental. Absolutely. And you've also got... Uh, you know, you would have also had Sydney and Melbourne, I suppose, trying to chase down Perth. And, you know, then you get two big blues for your semi-finals. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. You know, I, I just... I, I can't believe that, you know, that this hasn't been thought of. You know, that... Uh, like... Because if like there've always been the argument, you need to have more games because of revenue and whatnot. But you if you get the top four teams... Yeah, you know, like I said, there's always going to be interest in that, at least at the fourth spot. I don't think in the history of the A League, especially since the sixteen, where the top four 
have broken away to the point where the, the, the bottom six have basically played for nothing. There's always been at least played for at least fourth. Now, first or second may have, first may have gotten away, second may have gotten away, third, there might be no own little group. But yeah, the, the two-legged final, you know, semi-final, it just makes, it makes sense. You know, I, it's, it's, it's sort of like, in a way, it's this whole pandering to the Australian public rather than sort of the more traditional sense. Is is what sort of you know in a way I think you know FA for a long time have missed a trick on this and I don't I don't know what their rationale behind behind it is but yeah look I oops. honestly am like I know I'm not you know the traditional football yeah. fan in the sense that I love the finals like yeah. you consider the A League's best days I feel like for the most part have come on Grand Final Day or yeah. at the very least in a final series Absolutely. like last yeah. year you cannot forget that semi final between Sydney and. Uh, Melbourne victory. Yeah. That was just ridiculous. Well, there's also been some really, really good two-legged semi-final series. Well, I remember the Raw and the Mariners, 2010-11, yeah. when it looked like the Mariners were almost going to end the Raw's winning streak and maybe even steal un- unthinkably that home grand final. I remember they were 2-0 up at half-time in the second leg and all of a sudden the Raw went from 2-0 in the first leg cruising to a grand final to oh, we need a goal here. Yeah. And a, if we're going to keep the unbeaten, we need two goals it's here. Amazing. And they got them, but that was a really good, fun two-legged tie. It's amazing you bring that up because that ended up being because we always focus on Orange Sunday, mm. but you got to remember that the two semi-final, the two semi-final league before that were also was just as dramatic. So it was almost like a trilogy of games. Yeah. You're not gonna, obviously you're not going to get that in this in this format, but you could at least get two two you know, epic games. And like I said, Melbourne Melbourne victory in Sydney FC, you know, especially with you know they're both going you know, Champions League, you know. In the middle of all that as well, trying to tr- juggle that—that that in itself would be, you know, a dramatic story itself. So I just, yeah, look, I know it's not going to change anything that's being about. But I just think, yeah, it's it's a, it's a shame because I think, you know, the, the two-legged with four yeah. final four teams in the in final series, I think, would be a lot better. The best way to sum this up: Would you rather have two two games of Sydney FC and Melbourne victory, Perth v fourth, or would you rather see third v sixth, fourth v fifth, and then? Yeah. I think I know which one I prefer. I think I know which would be. I think that's more high at this table right yeah. now. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that no, theory up because I, yeah, I, and also, you know, then you would have the, you know, arguments, I suppose, going forward where right now it would be Perth against Adelaide and Wellington and Melbourne City would be on the outside looking in. Wellington on the back of two, like right now, disappointing losses. Yeah. So Adelaide's win over uh, Wellington two weeks ago would have been huge for them. Yeah. And you just look at it and think, that could be. It could be so much more. I, I guarantee you that, you know, if, if they were playing for fourth, I guarantee you that, you know, Wellington wouldn't have gone in so flat um, against, against the Raw as, as they did. Or even, you know, you know, we come to the press conference where Mark Rodan, to a point, I think we'll bring up shortly, but to a point sort of, you know, saying, well, look, we're happy with fifth or sixth because, you know what, you all wrote us off in the media. Therefore, um, therefore you know what, we're happy. At, rather than saying, oh, no, we need to win and be disappointed. But it's, it seemed... Yeah, it's nice. It's almost like he's counting on, uh, you know, the team being able to flick the switch. Yep. But yeah, it, it you know, I was, I was gonna say, it's almost like he's got another job to go to. Yes, well, that did come out Friday and was confirmed, <laughs> I believe, Monday morning. I did catch that before yeah. yep. going offline to avoid to, Game of Thrones spoilers. They finally had to announce the worst kept secret. Yeah, he's saying the other worst kept secret about where he's going. Mm. Brisbane. No. Do you want to run through this theory quickly? Because you had an interesting theory on yeah. this. I could totally... Oh, look, this is just one of those crazy sleep-deprived things that I come up with on, at the moment. Yeah. Where if, I, if you think about it enough, I could totally talk myself into Mark Rudan being uh, 
contender for the Raw job, considering nothing's been officially announced. Yeah, I, I would be highly happy with that. I, well, I was I was championing championing his cause eighteen months ago. All, all, all I know as far as the raw coaching job, and I, I worry that you know with the merry-go-round, if even if you assume that you know that Warren Joyce will not be renewed at Melbourne City, so that's put a scare in the work that theory. But I'm, I'm concerned that you know of the merry-go-round, Raw is going to miss out completely because because at the moment, I look, I, I'd almost say this right now is that I got a feeling that the whole Robbie Fowler thing. I don't think it's going to happen at Raw anymore. Well, no, that Slip that up. Yeah, save that. For yeah, the... look at that. Look at it. No, I'm. I'll be. I'll be willing to sort of you know back down and say yeah. No, I'm wrong. But it just it just really strikes me as look. If he was coming in, they would have announced it by now. Like, and and like I said, it's not like he's coming from another job or something like that where they've got to. There is no reason why they could not announce it. So me, t- something tells me that something is up behind the scenes. And look, I'm in, I'm happy for Dave Perry to ring me and tell me otherwise. <laughs> But yeah, I think I, I'm putting my money on the moment. And if I was a betting man, which you know I am, I'd say that Robbie Fowler is, Responsibly, is done. Of course. <laughs> it's a, I, I don't think I don't think he's coming to Brisbane. No, I don't think so either. And, you know whether it, you know it was the reports about Robbie Fowler, you know, were accurate. Yeah. I actually wonder if the Raw did have somebody lined yep. up, and then whether it was through, you know, last last bit of negotiations yep. fell through and it didn't happen, or I wonder if. This is just me thinking again. Yep. My two plus two equals yep. five conspiracy brain. Yep. Thinking some someone was lined up, mm. and for one reason or another, the deal just didn't yeah. like get finalised. And now they're kind of back at square one. Or I go back to my theory from two weeks ago, which is uh, someone's gone. Hang on, we could be working with a totally different operating budget in the, in about a month, yeah. and that will impact That's how much a... we can spend on the coach. Whether yeah. it's more, whether it's less. We just don't know. Or yeah, go, oh, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, look, uh, you know, just to clarify my point, what was Robbie Fowler talked about? And was he close? Look, probably. They, they, I think there was too much smoke around to say, oh no, it was never going to happen. I just think when it's come down to it, for whatever reason, it's not going to happen anymore. Because if it was going to happen, it would have been announced by now. Because I just cannot see any value in holding off until now, except yeah. with the exception of what we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, and that you know what. You may have, like I said, if the if the A League goes independent in a month's time, it's a different ball game, and then you can you then could spend the money or to do to whatever. But I think at the moment, the way it is, I don't think Robbie Fowler's coming to Brisbane. Clip all that up, please, James. But the other, you mentioned a couple of theories. Yeah. It could also be literally that they've they've confirmed confirmed him or someone else, and they're waiting until the week after the season to clear air to announce it. It could be that too. But you mentioned earlier about two or three minutes ago they've missed out on the um. The Merrigan with the coaches, which I think you mean like Kurt's going to Melbourne City, mm. Warren Joyce going to Wellington. Yeah. I'm not even sure that's a bad thing. If, unless yeah. you really, really want Marco Kurtz as to be the coach, missing out on that Merrigan may not be the worst thing because you bring in a fresh coach with fresh ideas. So it might not be the worst thing in the world to miss out on that Merrigan. There are reports. Um, I think Jason Pine, I think, uh, uh, said that uh, Kurtz was headed back to, to Germany anyway. Okay. So I think that might be that, which then also adds Adelaide United into the mix as far as the merry-go-round as well, which we haven't really discussed, you know, what, what they do from now. And I think, I think they... A couple perception... of brothers would be great for them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But... From South Australia, of course, <laughs> yeah. that's why. But perception is that they may be in, a, a, in just as much, if it wasn't for the results on the pitch, they, I think, might be as big a basket as what the Roar is at the moment in Adelaide United, if you believe what people are saying there. That is, of course, a big difference, though, between the A-League and, say, the NRL, the NFL, where there is a coaching 
Oh, there is a possible coaching merry-go-round, but there's a whole global marketplace yeah. of other people That's available. Right. It's not a closed shop. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, we should probably touch very quickly on this Saturday evening's game against oh, Newcastle, yeah. where, unfortunately, there's not a lot to play for for either side. Newcastle mathematically eliminated from finals now. They're eight points behind Melbourne City with two games to play. So if my maths is correct, that means that even if, New- if City lose their next two games... Newcastle can still only finish two points behind them. There's no four-point bonus wins? No. No bonus <laughs> okay. no bonus points for scoring uh, three or more goals from the opposition like you get in Super Rugby. Okay. Which Oh, don't give people ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, scrap so, that from the, the recording. <laughs> no, don't edit anything out, yeah. good and bad, especially when I'm not listening and start talking about a different club in the NPL preview show. But okay. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so Brisbane have won... Just one in the last eight against Newcastle. They've got what feels like most of the squad out at the moment. Mickelson, Enrique, Bortiak, Holman, Mork, Ingham, O'Toole, Tongyik, Bowles, Pepper, Devere, Hingett, Christensen. Uh, I think that's everybody. That's 13. 11 injuries, 2 suspensions. Good. That's, a, that's a mighty fine graphic that you brought up the other day, Scott. Yes, that's you the, can find that on our social pages as that's well. That's the yeah. best graphic you can make in two minutes' time. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so... It it's going to be a rough game to get through. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I I don't know what to expect from this game. It, it could, could be, be two sides protecting themselves a little bit going into the off season, or it could be two sides saying, "What do we got to lose? Let's have it, some fun." It could be, but yeah. as the Raw play their kids again, they play like they did against Wellington. This could be another three points. That's why I look at it. They were played so well against Wellington. If they can continue that, this is a game that's there for the taking now because. Newcastle, you have to imagine getting on a plane for the final away trip of the season is probably not something they're going to want to do given their season's over. They're probably looking forward to getting to the end of the season now. It's advantage raw in this game to me. It might be one of the few games this season where they're actually the favourites in your line of work. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, I actually... I'm actually looking forward to this, actually, uh, funny enough, because this could be anything. Um, two teams, you now off, you know, basically playing with freedom and all that. Look, it might be an entertaining game of football. On the other hand, it could be a, a boring, docile game as well. So, But look, I would think that professional pride as well. You know, players still playing for contract. Youngsters, you know, look at me nose on both sides of the, yeah. of the, of the court. I think this might be, you know, surprisingly, you know, a decent game of football. I think there are way too many variables to make any sort of logical prediction for this game. So I'm going to say it's going to finish 8-6. Uh, I've, I've said it's, I said it's no logical predictions. I, I said in there it's going to be a five-four thriller or a nil all stab I'm going to go with five-four. That's really what I want to see. I want to see both teams just go for it. Yeah, four. I'm I'm thinking four-three. Well, the other reason to, why, to the raw, by the way. The other reason why the raw have to go for it as well, if they want any hope of finishing above ninth place, they need to win both games. Hope Western Sydney lose their final two and turn around what is a 17-goal difference differential right now. Uh, well, Central Coast is going to beat Wellington 8-0, so that's going to take care of a lot of the goal difference right there. Western Sydney. Western yeah, Sydney. they're going to beat... Oh, did I say Wellington, did I? Yeah. Oh, no, that, yeah, but they so are playing Sydney, Western well, Sydney. Central Coast is going to beat Western Sydney 8-0, and that's going to take if, care of the goal there difference. We go. if, if, that, if that happens, it'll be... Uh, you know, I reckon that Alan Stadich will be appointed coach on, on the Monday after. And I'm looking forward to seeing how he goes with Ben Kennedy playing uh, as striker. Oh, is that what's happened? That'd be a great well, idea. Well, considering his time with Matilda's playing players in all sorts of games. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's attackers moving to defence, so it's more likely Matt Simon playing it right back anyway. Yes, absolutely. So, anyway, I think that'll be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. We actually got a pretty solid second segment out of that. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. So much for not having anything to talk about. I know. No. Well, 
We will be back next Tuesday afternoon because we're going to try and give it about 48 hours of breathing room between our show and the uh, season finale against Adelaide. And also I'm going to go see Avengers Endgame on Wednesday, which will take up half a day yeah, based on the estimated run we've time. Got, we've got MPL commitments as well. Yes. So. Anyway, so... Scott, Adam, thank you. Thank you. Good to see you again, James. Adam? You yep. should. Uh, okay. Thank you, for everyone, for listening. Uh, yeah, make sure you send in comments to you know email, Facebook, Twitter, and whatnot. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Enjoy the football this weekend. Get to a local game. Get to a uh, A-League game. Get to pretty much anything you can. Those NPL games are Easter Mondays. So I was just going to say that. Yes. They aren't on the weekend. They're Easter Monday. Full slate of games. So. Definitely. So get out. Enjoy the football this weekend. We'll be back next Tuesday. Talk to you then.